an experience. We want everybody nationally to experience quality physical education. So when they leave school and when they're out of that space, they can make really, really educated decisions about their themselves as movers and as, you know, as consumers in this movement lifestyle. You're listening to the NZPE TeacherCast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world. Today's episode is sponsored by My Study Series, an online learning platform supporting Kiwi teachers and students through NCEA. With automated self-grading quizzes after every video, My Study Series ensures students receive immediate feedback on their level of understanding. Check it out now at mystudyseries.co.nz. everyone and welcome to the very final episode of the NZPE TeacherCast for 2017 and just a very quick shout out to all of you for your support and feedback this year. It's been um, it's been really enjoyable getting to share some of these cool stories and see a lot of engagement from the educational community. We have a very special guest today, one that will be familiar to many of you and, and that is our lead subject advisor for, for Physical Education New Zealand, Susie Stevens. Susie has played a significant role this year within physical education, running workshops, conferences, videocasts and a ton of other things behind the scenes. So today's episode is going to be a bit of a recap of the year and hopefully we can learn a little more about the work that Susie does. So Susie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, it's really good to be here. Where, where are you at the moment? I am at home. I live in, um, in Canterbury and I'm in my house um, and I have two boys, uh, seven, nearly seven and nearly four. So I'm hiding down in the corner hoping that they don't wake up. What's uh, curious here, because I've got kids too, what, what, are, their, what are their bedtimes? Well, I am pretty, I'm pretty staunch because I like to have my evening to myself. So we are pretty much seven o'clock in bed and 7.15, there's nothing else from mum or dad. So we're, um, we're pretty strict about that, but it works for us. <laughs> yeah, we, we're very similar. Although my son has started this knocking game where about 10 minutes after going down at seven o'clock, he knocks on his door. And we leave it as long as we can, but he keeps knocking. So then we open it and he just looks at us and then turns around and walks back to bed. And I, I have no idea what he's trying to do, but that's, that's the thing he does now every night. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that, I, I say. <laughs> yeah. So uh, before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your background and experience and a few tidbits about your current role in education? Oh, absolutely. Um, I I started, oh, I trained in Canterbury at university um, up here for the four-year Bachelor of Education and Graduate Diploma of Teaching and Learning. And um, I wanted to get stuck into teaching straight away. I was really itching to get out there. So I got a job at Kaipui High School in North Canterbury. And I had the chance of working with a really epic team. It was one of those departments that you fell into, you felt loved, you had a lot of support. And, um, and so I grew really quickly in that position. 
um, ended up leading out to read out there and doing some assistant HOF work um, and really enjoying my time at, at Kaiapoi High School. I um, did a master's in education um, and that was around Olympic studies after travelling. Um, I had the opportunity to go to the International Olympic Academy and do some work there. Um, and it was really, really great to be able to do my master's work um, in an area that I was passionate, passionate about and then, um, and then apply some of that as well. So whilst I was doing my master's, I was able to work at what was called the School of Sport and Physical Education, then at UC, um, and able to give back into the BEAD programs and Bachelor of Sports coaching programs there, which is really nice. Um, and then I decided I wanted to go back into the classroom and this has kind of been something that I've done all my educational life has gone from in a postgrad environment or a, or a university or an academic environment to back into the classroom um, and I've always mixed that up. Um, and so I went to be the HOD of PE at Christchurch Rudolph Steiner School. And this was a fabulous, a crazy experience, a fabulous experience where um, it was so, I think that the, the Waldorf curriculum um, is so accommodating of our HPE curriculum because it looks at the whole person. And for me, that was just such an awesome fit. Um, plus, I got to do some trippy stuff like dance around a maypole and, you know, <laughs> That's, that sort of stuff and you know, they like yurts and things like that so there's always there's always time for that what's in your a, life what's a yurt a yurt do you not know what a yurt is no oh okay it's like if you ask ian colpin what a yurt is he will know because he has them up at tartar beach but it's like a tent but it's it's a massive like canvas circular tent um but it's more it's more of a permanent structure than that it's it's really cool it's really cool google it okay. just okay. google yurts okay that's just something for later um and <laughs> And then, yeah, after working there for a bit, um, I got a scholarship to do my PhD, uh, which I've recently completed. I had my oral examination. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah I had it a week ago. So oh, um, nice. I'm done with that, which is just fabulous. Um, and I did this three-year study on the joy of movement and physical education, and it was looking at the enfleshed body, which sounds super trippy but it's just like embodiment and pleasure and joy and the way that movement is so important in that um, and I kind of came out of the end of this thesis with a bit of a new pedagogy to use in PE so I'm hopefully going to trial that in the future um, and then I started working for pens as well and I know we're going to get into that a little bit later but that's kind of me in a nutshell uh, you've done you've done um, quite a bit within education. Um, I don't know a lot of that stuff about you. Um, few few things there that you mentioned that um, were really cool. The International Olympic Committee stuff. Yeah. And that was uh, that was with your masters. Is that what you said? Yeah, I started. Tell, tell us about that. That's really I'm really interested in that. I started when when I um when I did my masters in Olympic studies. I started with a greater interest on 
the old school, the old school philosophy and values of Olympism, and um, and I, I guess being based at UC as well, Ian Colpin's there, and and he was heading up the New Zealand Centre for Olympic Studies, um, and I've worked closely with him and been able to learn a lot from him about this, but. Um, the work at the Olympic Academy in ancient, and it's it's positioned in ancient Olympia in Greece, and that it is all the educational side of things. So you know, p- people often laugh when I say I'm in Olympic studies. They laugh at me and say, "What event do you do?" Or <laughs> you know, is it? Uh, my brother typically says, "Can you run the hundred meters in what time?" So th- they like to they like to joke about it, but that. The whole notion behind the IOA is actually the academic side of things, the educational side of things, and okay. and how you know learning through movement um, can be disseminated worldwide by using the Olympics as a vehicle. So, um, and it's it's really critical too. There's lots of critical studies around it. Um, we pull apart the Olympics and and kind of see what the good things are, what the really terrible things are, and how Olympism differs so much from how the Olympics are currently. Um, And so there's, yeah, there's lots to learn in that space. And that was a really exciting place for me to start my postgraduate thinking. What year was that happening? Oh, geez, that was 2007. I started doing some some postgrad work. Um, and so I attended the IOA in 2007. And I've been lucky enough to head back actually in 2013. And then also this year, um, I managed to uh, attend a postgrad session for a month. So I've, I had a month the whole of September. I was actually over, back over there with 32 um, other countries and um, spending yeah spending a lo- longer duration um, than I than I have in the past, but it was fabulous. It's really good. I I recall when I got into the teaching profession and I started in 2005. The Olympics, the Olympic, um, I guess approach within PE was massive. It was you know anytime we're anywhere near an Olympics, it was everything was Olympics. Yeah. But I've found since it's you know a few years after that, it kind of just dropped off the radar, and it there isn't so much of a push to have that um, within our program. Yeah, what, would you agree with that? Yeah, I I totally would. I think that um, well, it's it's quite a convoluted space too. People are fearful of the Olympics of using it because of of the fact that it doesn't sit so well often with our curriculum area. You know, we, we look at developing um, the whole person and the Olympics seems a little bit, you know, a little bit different from from what the core values were. Um, and a lot of that has the media to blame, I think. But, um, yeah. but I think we can really use it as a context. Like, we shouldn't be fearful of using it as a context, but use it in a way that is is socially and culturally appropriate we can um we can pick that to pieces we can use it critically we can have a look of some of those sociology projects it's a perfect perfect um site for a lot of those topics um but it's also great around the old school values of celebration of success and joy found in effort and there's a lot of things that olympism can bring to the table that we often forget about um, because we've, we've got lots on, of course, and, and it's not really the things that we think about when we think about the Olympic Games. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there is definitely 
space to be to be using it and exploring all of those Olympic themes. And it's mm-hmm. definitely something within our scholarship program that often comes up. Um, we, we used to use it a lot within our junior program and, mm. and look at some of those Olympic values and stuff like that. But again, it just seems to have fallen away a little bit. And now for me anyway, and and in my school and my classroom, it's it's about breaking down all of those those deep critical themes mm. around, um, say, even just something simple like drugs and sport and, and how that's impacting the Olympics and society and the effect that's having on athletes and stuff like that. But um, I, I, I always wanted to go to the Olympics, so it was always yeah. a, a cool topic. Um, but, yeah, I, I just find yeah, the, kids, the kids just aren't into it. Yeah, well, I guess it's the way that you, you deal with it too. I mean, if we think about Olympics as only being athletics, then, yeah, maybe, maybe things become stale. And, you know, but if you think of innovative ideas to use, things like speed skating with socks across a gym floor, for an example, can be so inspiring and <laughs> <laughs> such a wicked time um, for kids. So I guess it's thinking about stuff that's relatable and, and works for your context um you know if we if we think outside the square then then often we can find a way to you know to jazz things up a bit um but i, I guess that takes time and, and effort to do you've done a little bit of relief teaching this year um how was that and and do you miss the classroom yeah um i yes absolutely i I loved being in the classroom. I had a, a great, it was only a short period of time, uh, just a maternity leave position that I covered. And um, and it was at Rickerton High School down here in the South Island in Canterbury. And um, the HOD, Chris Nielsen, got in touch and said, look, I, I need some help. And um, and he's been a great support to me. And I actually attended Rickerton High School as a as a student oh, nice. so I, of course I jumped I hope, at the, I hope the kids gave you as much grief as you would have given your relievers back <laughs> I tell you what I I I really enjoyed <laughs> some of the banter that came from some <laughs> of the year 10 classes and it's not easy jumping in there and teaching sexual health straight away on the first lesson on the first day. Yeah, tough, um, tough. And I, but I loved it. I, you know me, I cracked a few brilliant one-liners and um, <laughs> and had them had them laughing. And I think we were away from there. But the the whole um, the whole being back in a school, I, I really love the secondary age, and I do miss that element. I, as much as I enjoy the academic side of things and as much as I enjoy all of you know, my other roles, I, I do miss kids and I love kids. So I, that element will always, I will always love being back in the classroom for that reason. Yeah, the banter's, banter's fantastic <laughs> and just the relationships you can form with the kids and getting to know them, um, just not in a strictly academic sense, but learning about them and what drives them and Ab- seeing them yeah. outside the classroom is really cool. Though. Absolutely. Like I, um, at university level, they don't need you as much. So I, <laughs> I find that I'm the one reaching out and going, are you sure? Do you want to talk about anything? Do you? <laughs> and they're just like, here's my assignment. Can you mark it and give <laughs> me my grade? So um, I, I really love the relationships that you can build with secondary school kids. I think that's just really unique. Um, and I, yeah, I do miss that when I'm out of that space. So as you have this role with pens, do you want to tell us 
with PENS, what, what's the main role of PE New Zealand within within our country? Yeah, for sure. So PENS, PENS has a couple of things. Like the mission is all about promoting and supporting quality physical education. And that sounds super simple and easy. And that's because it encompasses a really, like a lot of tasks. Our vision is about trying to get people to understand and value and experience quality PE. So when you think about that, when you break that down, understanding could be as simple as talking with principals or it could be um, an advocate, like an advocation role where we are trying to help organisations, other organisations understand what we do. Um, value is a lot harder because if people don't understand it is hard for them to value something that they don't understand Um, and often that takes a lot of time and it takes hard working relationships Um, and experience we want everybody nationally to experience quality physical education so when they leave school and when they're out of that space they can make really really educated decisions about their themselves as movers and as you know as consumers in this movement lifestyle um, we want people to be critical we want them to be thinking and we want them to feel like they are valued within their bodies and their bodies are capable of amazing things so I guess that uh, PENS really really stands for that we try really hard to appreciate our unique movement context and we try um, as as much as we can to disseminate that. What are some what are some examples of the ways you've gone about um, I guess doing all of that promoting and supporting and ensuring that we that as a as a national society we understand and value quality PE. What are some examples of how you go about trying to create that impact? Yeah, a lot of it is behind the scenes work and I guess this is the tricky thing because I I never understood really what PENS did until I got on board Um, but a lot of the advocation happens behind the scenes so if there's a media challenge for an example or somebody writes a statement in um, the newspaper or if there's a TV interview or something like that where somebody gets it wrong uh, effectively says something that really... happen quite common right <laughs> it's very common it's very common so you know and and not through any fault of their own people just don't know what they don't know and that's that's yeah. not you know that's no one's fault it's just the fact that it happens so we try and get in there we often write letters we'll often call we'll often try and meet people and say hey can we help you know educate you around what physical education is or what hpe is um, often it's this real blurred line between uh, the sporting sector, the physical education community, health, it might be outside providers in that space. Um, and so we have to work with organisations like Sport New Zealand and ACC and we try to be as collaborative as we can to send consistent messages. Um, and so we, we get people to try and understand what our own individual roles are, but how we work together to achieve those. Um, so we yeah so a lot of that happens behind the scenes we also do work with NZQA in the ministry so if for an example the the latest thing that we put out on Facebook was achievement standards and you know we'd been approached uh, that there were a few achievement standards that we could possibly update and change a few things around and would we be able to provide some advice around that so so sometimes that's what our role is as well uh, when we're working at that that grander level 
And then also it can be right down to a single teacher ringing me up and saying, holy heck, I've got no idea how to do this or I've been slammed in moderation and I can't actually work out what I am doing. Can you please help me? Um, or it could be I'm in a new school, I have no resources. So I would get emails like that on a regular basis. So on a daily basis, I get lots of emails um, from people that need help and support. And I try to, if I can't help them, because I'm only one person, so um, if I can't help them, I point them in the right direction, hopefully, um, to make their life a little bit easier. Um, and we've, we've got great relationships and partnerships with NZQA, and so we can ring them up and talk to them about if anyone's got questions and things like that. So we, we try and get the help that people need as quickly as we can do that. Nice. Thanks for that. Like like you like yourself before you were involved with Pens, you mentioned that you didn't you weren't entirely sure about what their role was. And I think I kind of feel mm. the same way being looking from the outside in. Um and I think you've really clarified some of the things you do um and how you go about promoting and supporting quality PE and making sure people understand and value what that looks like because um, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I mean, I hope that that does that does clear a few things up. I was a bit of a complainer. I'm not going to lie. Like I, um, before I got involved with pens, I threw a lot of stones in a glass house, <laughs> and I think, and I think until I got involved with the other side of things and and actually said, like, if I'm not happy with things, I need to actually get on board instead of just throwing a grenade and walking away. Um, and I, that was quite common for me to do. So, and I think maybe it was because, you know, you learn to be critical. You want to be critical. You want to break things down. You want to have a look at and challenge a lot of things. Um, and I was keen to do that, but I, I hadn't yet thought of that next part to being... Mm a critical pedagogue, which is actually taking social action, which is actually following through on what you're being critical about. And for me, when I was busy as a teacher, I didn't understand. And so I was quite quick to blame. Um, and I think that um, a lot of that was based on, I just had a lack of understanding of what pens did. But now that I'm involved with pens, I think that, geez, I just, yeah, just through learning and, um, and being open-minded, I've definitely come a long way in terms of not, not just challenging something, but saying, what can I do here um, if I don't like the way that things are happening? Yeah, you're right. I think it's, I think it's too easy for people to be critical for the sake of just being critical and not, like you said, not look at the next step or, or look to take action. And I think that's really sad. And I think if you are willing to, I guess, throw those stones then mm. at, at least do it the right way and yeah absolutely and I think yeah by you by then you um getting involved with pens and and seeing that and increasing your understanding around all of that and I, I guess that became quite apparent to you and it seems like you I, I like how you you're really reflective on that and you acknowledge <laughs> that process that you went through which is really cool 
<laughs> I, I try to be because, <laughs> I mean, I guess I'd be really unauthentic if I didn't yeah. um, when I try to lead in a way that I, I would love people to be reflective of themselves. Yeah. So that would be terrible <laughs> if I was <laughs> sitting here going, yeah, I know everything. Oh, I'm a genius. <laughs> so yeah. um, so lead, lead subject advisor, what, what's your purpose and how do you add value to the community of Health and PE in New Zealand? Yeah, um, I yeah, I tr- I I guess I guess that comes down to whether or not people think I add value. I I like to think I I do, but um, I guess at the end of the day, it's whether or not Pens is successful in their mission and their vision. Uh, I want to help practitioners do a great job. I, I want to add value by empowering other people to take leadership roles and really just just step up and, and challenge themselves to do amazing things. Um, I, I really want, you know, when we say quality, quality PE, you know, is about so many things. And, um, and I think it's not necessarily one person, you know, my job is subject advisor. Geez, I just, I don't have the knowledge and the capability to be able to lead the whole nation. This this happens from within, and so it's like that that arco, right? A reciprocal relationship. So when you think about learners working together, it's the same with the educators as well. Um, this professional community that we have. So leading in a way where I don't actually lead, <laughs> I just I just help and support other people to lead themselves. That I guess that's possibly the best way I could put it. Um, uh, yeah, maybe just inspire people, have a bit of passion. I I love what I do. I love to educate. I absolutely love physical education. I think that we have a phenomenal context to work within. Um, and I hope that that rubs off on people, that people love their job and go, no, actually, I've, we don't have that much to complain about. <laughs> We can have a great time. We're, we're very privileged. Yeah, we are. Do you think um, you, you mentioned uh, inspiring other people to take lead and that collaboration and that networking stuff? Do you think there's enough of that happening? You know, there's lots of little clusters here and here and there throughout North and South mm. Island, but it just seems, just doesn't seem there's quite, quite enough of that happening. Yeah, look, I I get that um, schools are a busy place, um, and I think that that contributes to a lot of it. At the end of the day, people uh, people have to work really really hard as educators, and um, and so I think people get overwhelmed and overtired. And I think the we we often the the ones that help that step up often step up time and time again and then just hit the wall and I think maybe we're not looking after ourselves as well as we could um, and maybe not sharing as well as we could Uh, lots of people are working really hard but by themselves Um, and I think collaboratively things could be a lot easier but that takes a lot of vulnerability from people to actually open up and I don't know whether or not people uh, keen to do that I, I'm not sure I mean from from what I've seen there are some brilliant wee hubs happening and there's also some really isolated and alone teachers and I don't like the latter um, and I think that we probably could be doing better and so could pens too and this is definitely something that that pens wants to 
try and work on is really connecting with our isolated teachers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I see I very early on, I was putting a lot of my stuff out there and, and you're right, it is it is pretty scary, but the payoff has been mm. has been massive for me and the the connections that I've made with other educators and how that's helped build my pedagogy and, and the things that I do in my classroom. So I really would advocate for people just to even once or twice a term, just step out of your comfort zone and just try something new mm. or go and mm. meet somebody new or go and watch a teacher from another school. Or, you know, we, we as Kiwis, we're very... I mean, you mentioned that we like to hold on to a lot of what we have, but we're also mm. we're also very accommodating of others, I think, and we yeah. we like to just talk and yarn and 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 help one another <laughs> where we can. Yeah. But I think it's it's really interesting. Like we, you know, we're the best in the world at rugby, and if <laughs> if you want some rugby knowledge, it's everywhere because we yeah. understand that to get better, that information has to be disseminated to everybody and freely available. And mm -hmm. so we do that really well, but the, anything else, you're right, we hold on to it. And um, mm. I emailed a few years ago, I emailed a, a, an NCAA coach, a, a really popular head coach, basketball coach. And I mm -hmm. asked him a question about a video I watched and he responded to my question. And then he said, hey, here's, here's my Dropbox links, drop, Dropbox mm. link to all of my, all of my content. You just take whatever you want. And that's oh, why cool. that's why America is the best at basketball in the world because mm. they understand to the level that we do with rugby. But I think in education, yeah. we're, we're definitely not there yet. And I think um, no. we've all got no. these little gems that we have to offer, but we're just holding on yeah. to them for some reason. Um, yeah. we, we need to get those out there. Yeah, Ab absolutely. I think that that's pivotal. And um, and again, just the, the sense of dropping the vulnerability of that, like not feeling threatened. Like you said, you've had some great experiences and um, and so have I, um, you know, just really dropping those walls down and saying, hey, let's just try this. Um, and probably one of those examples was the Facebook, uh, the four underlying concepts videos. And here I was thinking, this is stuff that I've done for a long period of time. And I hadn't even thought about putting that up there. Um, but it wasn't until we were in Dunedin the other day and I, I met somebody down there who said, <laughs> who knew me, I didn't know him, I'd never met him before, um, but he had watched one of the videos and, and he's a physical educator and he said, oh wow, that was a really good idea and I'd never thought to teach hawara in this way before. Um, and so there's these these wee moments of success where, you know, the, the online space um, specifically here was really useful for collaboration and allowing somebody else into a little bit of my world um, and that not taking too much time and effort on my part to do. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice. But and you, you, soon, you soon get comfortable in that domain and mm. it gets easier and people appreciate you and they what they do is they give back as well people see other people yeah. out there being confident and it encourages them and promotes them and um it, it's just it's just good to see other teachers doing that sort of thing and and gaining confidence in that domain i agree um this term inspired leadership conference do you want to give mm. us a two minute recap of how that went for you two minutes right here we go <laughs> It, it was fabulous. We had uh, we did have fewer numbers than first expected, but we were a bit late uh, to get that information out there. 
And um, that's one thing we're hopefully going to get on top of is we're going to try and get two conferences ahead pretty soon. Um, and now that we've got a full working team, we'll, we'll be away with that. Um, but this year, Inspired Leaders, uh, we challenged a bit of discourse um, around the way we lead, uh, the stuff that we don't normally think about and, um, and how we lead things un unknowingly, uh, sort of like the hidden curriculum sort of stuff. Oh, that floats my boat. <laughs> um, we also had uh, Heather Lindsay. She spoke beautifully about emotional intelligence and how the importance of this as leaders is just pivotal. Uh, and she she's doing some fabulous work in this area. She's doing a master's on it, and um, it was really, really valued by everybody there. Uh, we had we were in Hamilton, so at Claudelands, which was fabulous, um, and of course the food was exceptional, so that always went off. We had um, Kirsten Petrie, who came from Waikato Uni, so it was great to have some locals in. And some really great um, time on that second day to apply everything that we'd learned on the first day. So we looked at having conversations, um, making sure that we had stuff that was relevant to our own contexts. Um, and yeah, it went, it went really, really well. We got some great feedback. We tried our hardest. I'm, I'm such a Twitter newbie. So I tried really hard on the first day to get that out there and we did all right on the first day. But then as soon as I had to um, get into the swing of things on the second day, we went a bit quiet. So sorry to all our Twitter followers. Uh, we are learning and we are going to dominate the next conference. <laughs> it's hard though. Like I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to push a lot of Instagram stuff out there and you're like, yeah, I need to Instagram. And then you're like, Five days later, you're like, shit, I haven't even Instagrammed. I have an Instagram today. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, this is terrible. So you start off with great intentions and then it's yeah. like a slippery slope. But um, but no, look, I I love it because this is this is learning for me. And um and again, I love stuff that just kind of pushes me or challenges me or <laughs> sends me way outside my comfort zone. So um, so it's been it's been a good challenge. Yeah. Nice. I went to last year's one. It was really, really useful for me as a leader. Um, couldn't make it to this year's one because I've taken far too much time off this year. But hopefully, <laughs> um, hopefully again next year. Oh, do, you, do you know where it is? We'd love to see you there. No, we don't have it. We don't have a venue yet. Um, we are a location yet. Um, probably south because we've had the last two in the North Island. So we probably might end up doing the next oh, two. The double, oh, the double South Island. I know, Island. I know, Ooh. but we did a double North. So we're kind of out of kilter here. Maybe we need to do another North to get back on track. I don't know. But, um, oh, geez, I'll probably hear, this will be the end of me. People will hear this and they'll be emailing in tomorrow saying, Susie, what are you doing? <laughs> I can't win. So we've we've seen a new CEO of Pens this year and some new board members elective and um, you know we we saw that fantastic conference and and the mount which was was awesome yeah. and it's been it's been there's been some challenges this year for Pens do you want to give us a quick year in review for 2017 in your role so yeah. the best the worst any surprises you you saw for sure we um start with the worst because we started off with of course we had this uh, extensive fraud in 2016 and for anybody that doesn't know about it 
um, it's probably worth having a look on our website. You can find all the letters to members on there and the board reports. Um, but we did, there was a serious fraud that happened to Pens. And um, it was our office manager, Joe Cooney, who ended up stealing about $103,000 um, from pens. And we were blindsided, absolutely blindsided. So this was when it was myself and Ross and Sarah on board. And um, we were at Leaders in 2016 when we started to, to this started to unravel and, um, and there was real trying times. We didn't know whether or not things were going to be okay um, and we were really, really concerned that pens wouldn't survive this. Um, but we worked really, really hard and as a result of that and some really, really good appointments, we've managed to um, actually turn around some of the greatest uh, some of the greatest profits that we have done in a long time. So we, we're trying really, really hard um, to just look to the future now. This happened, we, um, we were devastated by it. The members, our, members, our membership support was just fabulous. Having people ring up and say, look, what can I do? And, you know, has my, has my payment gone into the right place? This stuff was so important and um, we just loved everybody for that. And also, like you said, the last conference that we had was the biggest that we've had. So in Tauranga, um, we had numbers that we weren't expecting and it was just awesome. It was really, really awesome to see everybody come out and support. Um, we had Richard appointed and Richard is fabulous. He's, um, he's done work in business and um, he's been employed in a lot of GM situations and CEOs. Um, he worked at Massey University, um, he's, so he's got an educational background as well. Um, and he's a really, really good dude. So he, he lives in Tauranga with his family and they have an avocado orchard. He's really cool. He loves to coach, play sports. He's got four kids um, and his... Um, Wife Allison is a practicing GP, so she. So it's really cool to have have these guys on board, um, and then Claire, our office manager. If any of you have been in touch with Pens over the last wee while, you will know how awesome this woman is. Um, she's got seventeen years experience in sales and marketing, so she's just brilliant when it comes to conference time, and she's also really kind and caring behind the scenes. So she's she's been fabulous. So with staffing, we've been really, really lucky and we've, or we've, we've thought through what we needed, the skills we needed to get to where we are now, and we've accomplished some pretty great things in some short time frames. So if the kind of, the, the kind of thing is feeling is, is that if we can achieve what we have achieved of late and with the limited resources that we have, then I've got really high hopes and big expectations for where pens can get to. And I think the whole team thinks the same. So we're pretty pumped. That's awesome. And, and conference was was choice. I think it was, um, It's oh, I've been to, that was my third one, I think, third or fourth. And it was the best one I've been to. Um, oh, yeah. Just the, way, just the way it was run. It was, it was run really well. And, you know, the helpers that you had there for presenters, they were top-notch. Um, the crew seemed awesome. The people seemed positive. The delegates seemed positive. Um, so, so that was really cool. And you're and you're right. If, you, if this is, you know, you don't you don't get much 
uh, more challenging circumstances than this. And if you can come exactly. out like that after after a year like that, then you know you know the sky's the limit, really. Exactly, that's what we think. And um, and uh, there's just there's just some cool people. And I think we we've tried to really connect, you know, with the likes of yourself as well. Um, and you know, just some just some cool people nationally that are doing great things in PE. And we're just trying to connect. So if if I haven't got in touch with anybody that is doing cool stuff, by all means, get in touch with me. Um, I you know, it's it's not through not wanting to. It's just um, it's just that I don't know people exist, or I haven't you know I haven't thought about. But I think that. You know, pens pens is not just one person or one team. Like, yes, we kind of we kind of keep things ticking along, but pens is a subject organisation. It's a national body, so it, it is its people. <laughs> so you know, we rely on good practice. We we rely on good people, and conference was an example of that. Just great people coming together, presenting well. And, you know, local school kids getting involved. The kapahaka was awesome. You know, the pōwhiri that they put on, they, they were just fabulous. Um, the, there was just so many great, great people that were helping make that a successful an event. And you've got, a, you've got a great board too. I, I know Celia was recently elected this year and you've got people like yes. Nicola McCall all doing fantastic things. And really, um, the, the knowledge base there is, is, is just phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely, and we have Katie as well from Manuara. They yep. were so um, we that and they two, were all, two from Manuara. Yeah, I know. Mm. Represent. They've got a cool crew. Actually, we had a few of them at leaders, and I tell you what, they are cool people. So they are they are doing some really awesome stuff up there. But um, I yeah, the board the board is awesome. that that humming, and I think that um, again, with a team, just feels kind of alive, which is a really good place to be it feels good so next year it's the 60th is it yeah. is it the 60th yes Head, yeah down and done physical education <laughs> how's that shaping up um, well i'm a bit concerned well, you're gonna, because you're, you're, we're gonna pull it right you're gonna go somewhere else oh we we no that's not why i'm concerned <laughs> i'm fully we're in there now i'm concerned because people tell me i've got a lot to learn about the pe traditions in dunedin because oh, yeah. i was a cantabrian cantabrian so I'm concerned that I'm going to be well out of my depth down there this year, the next year. Um, but you know, you know how I feel about learning, Carl. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a lifelong learner. So I'm open to new experiences. I'm going to, I'm going to have to take. Um, I've got, um, I've got a PRT one um, starting next year. I'm going to, I'm totally taking them down. For some learning. For some learning. Of course, for some yeah. learning. That is that is why it, this is happening. It's for the learning. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but honestly, yeah, we we had a real challenging decision and to make because of what happened in Otago, and um, and we had some great physical educators that just got smashed with the mm. university cuts. And we were really shocked by this, and of course, because we love a bit of social action, we were. We were really second guessing should we go down there, um, and we wanted to put that out to everybody and be a bit more transparent than perhaps we have been in the past about making these decisions. Um, 
And it turned out that the, um, what people were saying is they wanted they wanted it down there. They need PLD down south. They feel a little bit like they haven't had stuff down there, and amply so. So I I think it was a really good move uh, for pens to keep it down in Dunedin, and I think we can still support people. Uh, you know, um, and feel like we are do- making the right call. Um, and we're excited. So 9th to the 11th of July in 2018, we're finalising our location currently. We've checked out a few options down there um, and we are p- absolutely pumped to bring it south. So I think it's going to be awesome, really good. So if people can get there, start thinking about getting in your budgets um, because it, it possibly could be one of our biggest and and best that we've put on to date. So we, oh, we are That's a big pumped. call. That's a big call. It's oh, I know, yeah, but it's, it's a long, that's a long way to go for an Aucklander. Hey, hey, it's it's a not that big. It's not that big a deal. You can get a direct flight in there, and they've got albatrosses. Like, what else do you want? Seriously, they've got a castle. Uh, like, you can go got, visit that castle. They've also got snow and ice and like look, sub-zero look, degrees. No, 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 no. Look, it's July. You might get a little bit of snow, but oh, come on. No, I'm sure Seriously. it's going to oh, be, sure. be, I think it'll be awesome. And I think, <laughs> you know, already I've heard quite a few people talking about it. And, you know, just to be just to be in Dunedin, I mean, that's, that's the coolest thing about it, that it, it is exactly. kind of like the home of PE, despite all of the stuff that happened this year. And oh, I know, I know. That, which is really I stink, but I, I'm excited. It is, it I, is. I, hope I, I hope I get to come down. Well, I, I definitely hope that you're there. I will be there. So if that is, you know, a draw card for anybody that will listen to this, you know, I think I think that you should probably make the effort to get down there. It's gonna be pretty good. What do you what do you think are the biggest challenges facing health and PE teachers um, at the present moment? Mm, I think um I think for me it's the profession as a whole and it comes from the real uncertainty around outside providers being used to teach our classes and the value that's given to HPE. I see a real threat from uh, business type models coming in and delivering uh, in our space and the deprofessionalization of teachers over time. So what I mean by that is that, you know, it's the real trend. Universities have pulled back on initial teacher education around PE, and we've seen that trend. Um, the move from for any four-year degree to a three-plus-one, uh, I think that this, this has a bit of a flow-on effect, um, and I am really concerned uh, in primary space and in secondary space that we will we will continue to have to really push um, for our worth in the, in, as physical educators. And I think that that's a bit scary and I think that's a bit of a challenge that we will face. Um, I also think a bit of a challenge is this balance of technology. And I know that you're, you're right up there um, with your tech. And I, um, I think that this is always going to be a bit of a challenge for us. But getting it right where we have pedagogy first and tech second um, and I don't know whether or not any people would agree with that I'm not sure I'm always up for a bit of a debate around it but I, I think that in we've 
in physical education we've got this wonderful site for movement um, and if technology enhances that and it allows us to, to do new things or learn in ways, I think that's brilliant. But I think if it's just there for the sake of it or if it's used as something to measure, uh, then I think it doesn't belong. And I think that that is a little bit of a... Um, that's a little bit of a, a tension that will exist, I think, around the increase of use in technology in schools. I don't know. What do you think about that? Um, I, I think I think that we went through a stage where we were very, and, and this only lasted for maybe two or three years, but it was like, oh, what's the next new app and what does this do mm. and let's use this. I think mm. we're beyond that and we've seen that a lot of those um, approaches are very shallow and don't provide yeah. much yep. depth of learning. And I, I think you'll find now that most most educators, most physical educators have um, thrown a lot of those tools mm. out the window and are looking mm. for something that's a bit more deep and meaningful. That's how yeah. I feel anyway from what yeah. I've seen. Yeah, well, um, that's, you've got... that's great. I mean, that, that's really, really good to hear. Like, that's that's refreshing if that's the case, and I really hope that that is. Um, and, and I think we're, we're pretty smart. Like, physical educators, oh, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes, but we um, we make pretty good educated decisions you know, for our learners, um, and I think that that's something that we have learned well in, in our PE schools, um, and I think it's something that we apply quite well. So I, I'm hopeful that, that that what you're saying there is is true. That would be fabulous. Yeah, I just wish that, and you touched on it briefly, I just wish we had more acknowledgement of our learning area mm. and you know even within my own school you and and I've, quite often it's just a teacher having a joke but yeah. the fact they're having a joke about oh you know uh, you're just playing dodgeball or you saw your kids just kicking a ball out in the field that's all you guys do or you lift weights and all that and, and it, it hurts a little bit yeah absolutely. and I know they're joking but you know we, we need to we as far as I'm concerned we're, we're the most important curriculum area in, in the school yeah and we do amazing things and we add a lot of value to our, not just our students' lives right now, but for the, their long-term future. You know, it's all about that, that lifelong positive relationship with physical activity and, and all of that learning that comes around with that. But it's just so frustrating when mm. people just look down at you and mm. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I get frustrated when... Um, when in, in a school environment there might be a new initiative or something that's that's associated around health or well-being or around being physically active and you know you've got this new initiative and this is what we're going to do across the school and it's like well this is great but this is what we do in HPE and if HPE is valued and nourished and taken care of in a school and, you know, you would find that these things would happen, you know, if, if we're using the curriculum really, really well. And if, we, um, if we're given the opportunity to flourish in that space, then you probably wouldn't need initiatives <laughs> over the top mm. of that. You know, if you've got quality HPE in a school, um, then often your school is humming. And we hear that a lot of the time, if, you know, the schools often, often lie on the HPE staff. Um, to keep the, the real buzz, the vibe of the school. Um, and, and often that's a real gauge on how well the school's going. Yeah, good answer. What is, think, the next 10 years? Oh, yes. How some for you in the next 10 years? What, what do you think is going to be the most exciting aspect mm. that we might encounter? 
Okay, so definitely when I rewrite the curriculum. (laughs) (laughs) No, wait, no. Okay, that that is a joke. And can I please just, can I have that on record that this is a joke? And a shout out. No, Ian Coppin won't be listening to this, so he won't get offended by that because there's no way that. Don't, don't, why would you do that? This is terrible. Uh, No, look, I think, do you know what I'm most excited about? Is I'm excited about physical educators moving up the ranks and the ones that have trained within this critical paradigm. You know what I mean? So we, we went through practice and there's this whole generational sort of progression going on and and it was the whole thing around the content didn't become so important, whereas the context was important and the the whole idea of moving in this critical way to enlighten and challenge and, and think about growth of learners. And that excites me that we've got a lot of physical educators moving into leadership positions. Um, and I, I would push for more. I want more. But... I think that it, it excites me when I hear of how many great grads from, you know, from Auckland, from Otago, from University of Canterbury, uh, you know, um, I, it excites me to hear how many people are moving up the ranks. Um, and that's that's cool. I think that that might change things or I don't know, just spark something new, exciting. Yeah. Yeah. You mean like moving into senior leadership? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we've always tended to be quite heavy in in, in senior leadership, physical educators, right? Yeah. I mean, when, abs- I, when I was at Wellington High School, we had um, we had two physical educators as deputy principals. Um, yeah. And I know of a ton of other schools. Um, I know Greg from Cole has just moved on to Mana as DP. It, uh, mm-hmm. it just seems it, it seems to be quite common, and and I think that. It's because, yep. well, there's lots of reasons, but physical educators just have that. I mean, they come from that sporting background, which requires, you know, really heavy interpersonal skills and demonstration yep. of leadership all the time. Yep. So we're, and we're well I, suited to those roles. I would, I would totally agree with that. I think that uh, the characteristics that we bring to the role, I think absolutely have always been around. But I, I think I think there's an added there's an added dimension to training in initial teacher education where criticality was a big thing. Um, and I think that that is the exciting factor. Oh, gotcha. I've got you. Yeah, yeah that makes do you sense. see what I mean? So, yeah. so all of a sudden, it's not about doing something the right way. Uh, you know, IT was so focused on content for a long period of time. And, yeah. it, you know, we have learned, we've grown with this new curriculum, but there's something about being trained within it. Uh, that it really it's really ingrained it becomes naturally sort of part of of your teach your teacher being um, if that makes sense yeah I thinking back to my teacher training it, I, I seem to recall just wanting to know more games what are some games I can teach <laughs> yeah there wasn't really I didn't do much I don't recall doing much thinking to be honest <laughs> It is, you know, of, of what teacher training looks like now is uh, what you're saying where you know it's this deep critical thought and looking at all of that societal stuff that is commonplace and those issues mm. and, and that, if that is happening at that level and mm. our, our our PRTs are coming into the profession with that yep. background then yep. then that is really powerful and it, mm. it gets me excited for next year with with two PRTs coming on board in my department oh that'll be um, really exciting 
And what a department to come into. I can just just (laughs) sit back and let them run the show. I think think that'll be good. (laughs) I think that'll be brilliant. Oh, no, but they they don't know what's coming for them. That's such a brilliant experience to be a PAT in your department, I think. I think that'd be awesome. All right, before we get to the last question, is there anything I might have missed that you want to mention or is there anything you want to ask of me? Oh, gosh. So anything? Does it have to be on topic? No, it doesn't have to be on top. Oh no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> I was going to go back to the the time that you thought I was like your dog. Oh yeah, I was telling my wife about this tonight, oh, and I had to, hey. I had to um, hunt out a video of you talking in one of your <laughs> one of your video casts, and, and and I'll be honest, she agreed with me that. Oh really? Is it a common so for, thing? No, no, it's just I think because we own a chihuahua, I think. Okay. But for pe- for people that. Um, don't know the story. I don't think many people know the story. I well, prob- it's not something like probably ties, not. I when it was one of the sport and education sessions, I think where you keynoted. <laughs> it so was. I, I think that was it. it. Was. And I, th- it I think was. I just you just I don't know you. <laughs> I'm trying not to insult you here, but my dog's kind of yappy and. You are digging a hole, mate. You <laughs> seriously, you're digging a hole. I don't. You're very mellow. You're very mellow tonight, though. Am you're, I? You're not, if I help it, I don't oh, know. Maybe. I think maybe I have. I'm trying to keep this professional front because this is a very serious interview. And you're stumbling, then you're stumbling. Okay, and also the fact that I'm representing pens, you know, that's a big thing. So I want to make sure that I do, you know, a great job. Of course. No, you have, and and <laughs> I've heard you speak a few times now. You know, there was that sport and education keynote, which was which was fantastic, and then uh, no, it was it was the leadership last year. So I've I've heard you speak three times now. There was oh. a leadership last year. I think that's when I. That's when I first. Is that when you I first, first came you. across? Yeah, I, yeah. I think that's when that joke came out, and oh. then you spoke at sport and education, and I think I just told everybody at the table that you're like my chihuahua, and then, <laughs> then at a pens conference, your joy of movement, where you had us oh. all, you tried to get us all up dancing, and I did. Nobody really moved. I, I tried. It was very difficult to get a room of educators up dancing, but I did make you remove your shoes and go and frolic outside. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Mm, that do was, you remember that? Was that? Nice. Yeah, I that know. Nice. Feeling just earthing. I read an article on earthing the other day, removing your shoes and earthing yourself. So, nice. You know, yeah, trippy. I, I taught it, Steiner. What do you expect? <laughs> <laughs> so, last question Do you have any goals for next year that you could share with us? And also, um, when or are you going to head back to the classroom eventually? Oh, good questions. Um, yeah, I have a few goals, pens goals next year. We are really, we've we've revamped our website from the other side of things um, and we are hopeful to add, we're going to add a portal for online workshops where we've got databases for resources and like you t- what we talked about um, earlier, making sure that people aren't feeling isolated and have access to sharing this expertise um, and we see that making sure we've got a really decent online space as being a part of that. So that's one of our goals, um, to have something that's really easy, workable, and we can um, we can run out of. But also keeping the face-to-face element. I think people love the conferences. They love the networking. And I think that's really important. 
Um, so we will look to keep growing conferences and we've been working with ATCHPA as well, our Australian counterparts, um, on ways to expand our conferences and go a little more international hopefully as well. Um, just keeping keeping at the forefront of our game. So we're looking, looking towards the future. We have uh, mostly our goals are around growth um, but are also around not losing sight of what our members need. So making sure that, you know, we are being transparent, making sure we're listening um, really, really carefully and making sure that we're being reflective. So that kind of our little interim goals and we have a planning session in the next couple of weeks to plan out our 2018 and hopefully from there we will have all those goals up on our website as well so anybody can check in with that in the new year when you're back at school and um and see what's happening nice nice i've got i've got one thing you can you can add to that that oh, list okay just just a few things you've mentioned during the session um and you just touched on Achpa there and i about three years ago, I keynoted one of the uh, keynoted the Tasmania conference, yeah. and one thing that was very apparent there yep. that I don't think we do as well as Achpa okay. was they really celebrate success like like mm. nothing I've ever seen before. They yeah. had this this dinner, and they were just and and this isn't necessarily what we need to do, but well, they well, were I'm acknowledging keen for a dinner. If you're suggesting a dinner, like no, 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 no. But what they were doing was. <laughs> They were acknowledging these teachers like they must have acknowledged 30 teachers and, and given them these awards and these prizes mm. and these, you know, those iPads left, right and center. And there was this and that. And I'm not saying that we should be <laughs> giving things away to teachers, but there's when I think back to July, we, we, we seem to acknowledge right. And rightly so we seem to acknowledge a lot of, the older generation yep. of teachers yeah but we've also touched during the session about some of the challenges of the profession mm. and and i think we're going to see a lot of teachers stepping away from the profession yep. and you only need to look in wellington um, over the last three months we've had um scott's hod role um east hod role marsden hod role yeah absolutely um we are oh, we've had seven there's been seven hod roles yep. come up and there's one currently in waimati as well that that they can't fill and and so yeah, i completely understand yeah yeah so so pe people are, people are going to leave yeah. and i think there are a lot of really amazing young teachers mm. that should be acknowledged because if we can acknowledge those young teachers they're going to be more confident and they're going to step up and do some of these other things that we want them to do. And I think they're just more likely to hang, hang around and have a really positive influence. Yeah. Yeah. I, That's my two cents. I, anyway. No. And, and I, I completely agree with you. I think that, that I think celebration of success is pivotal. And I think especially with the strains that our ITE initial teacher education is under at university levels, I think that the mentorship and the really looking after and nurturing of these first PRTs um, that, that are coming into our schools, I think is so pivotal. Um, mm. And you're right. I think a big part of that is 
really celebrating the positive side of this work and going, you know, these are some great things that are happening and these are some great people. So I think that's a brilliant idea and I appreciate you for bringing that to the table. And certainly, you, you know I've already written it down. So, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I like a bit of feedback. So I've, I've got this one on the books for our meeting. But it's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you for um, taking the time out to have a bit of a chat and a yarn. I, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think, you know, you've had you've had a really challenging year, but you've obviously done really well with the hands you've been dealt and and pens. You know, they've done amazing things with the conference mm. and the leadership conference, and you've had a big hand in that. So mm. that's a, a big pat on the back to you and you know you're really inspiring and and i like hearing you talk and and listening to some of the things that you have to say and the knowledge that you bring so it's um it's really awesome to hear you um answer some of those questions that i had for you um today and and i just hope more people um jump at the opportunity to have a discussion with you and if they are having problems or struggles in the classroom to get in touch with you and um, what is what is the best way to get in touch oh, with you by on the way? our website it's super easy if you if you just go to um our pens website you can either google it or you can www.pens.org but you um everything's there so you've got an instant get in contact with a subject advisor button and you can submit a question and it comes straight through um, to me and then I can put you in the right direction for some help that's a really easy way um, and other than that um, my you can email me directly and all of that information's on our website as well but it's it's good to to kind of get in to know that website um, and it can it can yeah put you in touch with the right people I'll put all of those details in, in the show notes um, so people can access yeah, that there um, yeah, I hope you get a nice break and, and get some good family time over the over the summer and that the weather's nice. It'll be nicer than it's in Wellington, but um, well, yeah, I, well, well yeah. does it break, I think. Thank you so much. I re- I appreciate the the love and support from um, from just the national of physical educators. And like I said, you know we're we're just a tiny we're a tiny organisation. We do pretty well. We punch well above our weight, um, and we're not full time. You know. Um, we don't we don't get paid through the hilt. We just we just love what we do and we try really hard. Um, so any feedback's good feedback, and anyone coming on board is great. And uh, we're just hoping to you know just to just to keep oh, I don't know just yeah keep humming, doing some good stuff. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good work, mate. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you.